Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the final word. Good evening, I'm Albie Oxenrider and welcome to the always edgy final word. We invite you into the conversation right here on Channel 11 every Sunday night. And with that, let's get started with tonight's three panelists. We welcome from our partner, DKPittsburghSports.com, Chris Carter. Hi, Chris. What's up, Albie? It's good to be back, even though the Steelers are on a bye week. All right. Also uh, on the panel tonight, Steelers radio host from the Trib, Tim Benz. Albie, if that Penguins game was allowed to continue one more period last night, I bet you the Pens outscore Clemson and Penn State combined. And from DKPittsburghSports.com, Mr. Dale Lawley. At least they would have outscored them what Penn State scored in that overtime or nine overtimes as it worked him. Uh, just we'll talk about this later, but that's an abomination. Yeah, what's up with that? Some of the topics we're talking about tonight. We're looking for five words on the battle for the AFC North. Pitt football now ranked 17th. What's the ceiling for this year's Panthers? What's been your favorite part of the Penguins start this season? And yes, we'll jump into that overtime debacle. Nine overtimes. Penn State and Illinois, what's the best OT format that college football and perhaps the NFL should adopt? Plus, of course, your final word. But first, the night's big topic. What are your expectations for the Steelers after this bye weekend? Chris, you're first. It still matters what's about to happen in the next few games. They got the Browns. They're, you know, they got, they got the Lions coming up. They got the Bears coming up. These are, these are all games that with the Browns situation that they're currently in, the Steelers need to win. If they, if they come through this game, they're able to continue establishing the run game that they've, that they've continuously improved over the last few weeks. The defense is able to play closer to the style of football that they were expected to play this year. They're gonna, they could be staring 6-3 and three in the face and be looking at a, a good situation to head into the rest of the season. But if they drop one or two of these games or all three of these games, it's going to be a nightmare scenario and the Steelers will be in a lot of trouble. Tim? Yeah, my expectation coming out of the bye is that they'll be five and four in the first three games after the bye. I think they'll win two of three. I think they'll beat the two NFC teams and I think they're going to lose against Cleveland up there. I was feeling differently about that going into the Denver game, but I saw how the Browns adjusted with limited players and I bet some of those players come back. So my vibe on it is the Steelers lose their next game in Cleveland then win at home against the two NFC teams. All right, and Dale. It depends on who's playing for Cleveland, quite frankly. I mean, we don't know. Uh, you know, they've, they've got uh, basically the walking wounded mash unit up there right now. 
uh, have no idea who they're going to have back. Who, who you know, Baker Mayfield may try to force his way into the lineup and and try to play in this game. I think that would be a big mistake for him. Um, you know, Brock Osweiler, not Osweiler, whoever they've Keenum, got same guy. Yeah, whichever, guy. whichever, you know, ridiculous backup they have now is better than Baker Mayfield is right now with the, with the wounded wing. All right. And a reminder, keep those comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word, on Facebook at The Final Word. And now it's time for five words. Give us five words on the battle for the AFC North. Uh, let's go to social media first from Twitter. The best division in football. Also from Twitter, Steelers will still win it, but on the other side, Steelers will be in last <laughs> from Twitter. Chris, Tim, and Dale, five words on the battle for the division. Chris? Bengals surprising, but st still, still anyone's division, minus the butt, so it makes the five words there. But uh, when I look at this situation, I look at how the, how the Bengals have, have played, the way that they beat up on the Ravens. This was I, I didn't think that they could do this. I thought they, they could sneak in a couple wins. But Joe Burrow has remained poised. They have good defense right now. Jamar Chase has come on very quickly for them. He's proving, hey, he was worth the, the top five pick that he was. I'm just not so sure they can, they can sustain this kind of dominance. They're a young team. We'll see how that plays out. The Ravens are still up in there. I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns have a surge back. Wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers have a surge back. I think this is going to be a four-team race all the way into December. Chris, you really think that was five words? It doesn't matter what I think. That's six words there. Right. Everybody <laughs> knows Chris can't count. Ah, Just trying to do some subtraction there, yeah. Tim, five words. Uh, wild card, Steelers only prayer. That's what I think. And you know what? That was probably the case once they started one and three anyway. But yes, the Cincinnati victory over Baltimore was eye-opening. I thought up until that point against the Ravens, the Bengals had done a nice job beating the teams that they were supposed to beat, could have beaten, and that's just a step forward for the Bengals. Then they go to Baltimore and do that after Baltimore just had a statement game against the Chargers. Yeah, that was eye-opening, and if you're looking for 50-50 games for the Steelers to win to get themselves to maybe 9-10 games to get a wild card, Boy, that road trip to Cincinnati after what Cincinnati did to Pittsburgh here early in the year, that game's suddenly looking less than 50-50. All right, Dale, five words. Bengals in the driver's seat. Look, they've already won two road games in the AFC North. They went to Pittsburgh and won, and they've gone now to Baltimore and won. Uh, so they got a 2-0 record. They've got, you know, five or four games left in the, in the division, and three of them are at home. So, you know, you, you have to look at them as the favorite right now. Uh, I, I, I hate to look that far ahead, though, as Tim was just saying. That game's in, what, another month from now? Who knows who's going to be playing for who by that period? We've seen things change so quickly already this year with, with injuries and, and everything like that. So you just never know who's going to be on the field at those times. Well, if Burrow gets hurt, what are they going to do, bring back Ryan Finley? Then I know the Steelers are going to lose. <laughs> Anybody want to venture a guess on where the Steelers will finish at this point? What would be your guess, Chris? I'd go second or third. I, I still think the, the Ravens step it up at, at some point in this in this season, and they, they win the division. Um, I, like I said, I'm not sold on the Bengals being a long-term really good team. They're playing really good football right now. That's undeniable. But I've just I've seen a lot of young teams kind of fall apart and, or you know struggle and find different things going on. The Steelers, I think, are can can find a way to run the ball, and that'll be a part of the solution. All right. Thanks all. Uh, Pitt football now ranked 17th. What's the ceiling for the Panthers this year? Have to win a bowl game. Well, we'll hear what the panel says when the final word continues after this. When you need
need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the final word. Welcome back. I'm Albie Auction Rider. Tonight, in no particular order of greatness, Chris Carter, Tim Benz, Dale Lolly. Dale, Pitt football up to 17 in the latest rankings. What's the ceiling, in your opinion, for this year's Panthers? They've got to win the ACC. It's wide open right now. Uh, we just saw Clemson come in here and get beat. Uh, Wake Forest right now is the other team that's, that's right there with, with Pitt. That's a beatable team. This is their year. If they're ever going to win the ACC, this is the year. You've got all the fifth-year seniors, including Kenny Pickett or seventh-year seniors or whatever these guys are at this point. Uh, take advantage of this. Uh, maybe you get some extra recruits out of it. These, these people saying win a bowl game. This isn't 1982. Unless you're in the national championship bowl games, it doesn't matter about bowl games. Who cares? Because Pickett might not even play in it. All right. Let's go back to Twitter. Getting to 10 or more wins and playing in a New Year's Bowl. That's what uh, Drew says. Chris Carter, you're next. I mean, I, I agree with Dale. The ACC championship has to be, a, you know, part of the goal this year. Winning a game like they did against Clemson with all the recruits that were in town at Hinesfield watching, it was a very good first step. Even though Clemson's not Clemson of, of the past six years, they still are. They still have more five-star recruits on their team than the rest of the conference combined. That's the whole thing here is that they got to go in. They got to show, hey, there's another team that can do damage in the ACC. If they win the ACC, then they get a major bowl game, a New Year's bowl game. I don't see them making the college football playoffs. There's just too many really good teams that haven't lost to a team from the MAC right now. But if they can win out, control their own destiny, go there, and they'll get a big bowl game, and then that will be the point. Is like, okay, can you beat this, this major Big Ten team, this major Big 12 team, or this major SEC team that you got matched, matched up with? That's your ceiling, I, I see, for Pitt this year. All right, Tim. I agree with these guys more than I agree with the folks on Twitter who are talking about the Bulls. I'm focused much less on the Bulls and far much more on winning the ACC because – uh, to Dale's point, this is as open as it's ever been for Pitt with Clemson being down. They should be favored in their last five games, at least as of now, against the teams that they have in front of them. And then I can. there's no reason why they can't beat Wake Forest or NC State on the other side. So I say focus on winning the ACC, be ACC champions. That's the ceiling I'm worried about for Pitt. And then the bowl game stuff kind of just takes care of itself. 
How about they win the ACC and play Penn State in the bowl game? Now that would bowl, go, right? Don't you start that. Don't you start that. Penn State would have to get themselves back into a uh, relevant bowl because they're in trouble. Yeah, Pitt's ranked above them right now they're after that trouble. overtime loss. And their schedule's harder down the stretch. Yeah, that, oh, schedule, that schedule that they have coming up is Brutal. not easy. Yeah, Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, and, uh, and Michigan State. Uh, five games for Pitt, or excuse me, five games for the Penguins. They have yet, yet to lose in regulation. Let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, Tim, it's a small sample, but what's been your favorite part of the Penguins' uh, start this season? Oh, the scoring. No doubt about it. The volume of goals that they've scored so far. I never thought that was possible. If you told me that they'd scratch their way to, you know, being above water level by the time Sidney Crosby came back, uh, I would have said, well, great, that's good. How'd they do it, 2-1 to one every night? No, they're outscoring everybody. The only game that they had real trouble scoring was when Dallas decided to pack it in and just block shots all night. And it's not just been Sid and Geno being out. It's Latang, Rust, Gensel at times. You know, Jari for a minute, they thought they weren't going to have him, then he was able to play. Uh, Carter was out for this last game. The fact that they've scored as much without all these guys is really impressive and surprisingly fun to me. All right, back to Twitter. Next man up is working. That could have worked for final word or for five words as well. All right, let's go on to Dale. What are you impressed with the Penguins start? You know, you, you have to like how they're playing right now as a team without their without their top players. As, as Tim mentioned, they've been missing a lot of those guys, and a lot of those guys are missing are their best guys. So you know, they're they're getting contributions uh, from across up and down their lineup. Where, where was this in the playoffs last year? Where, you know, this is what you, the kind of stuff that you need to have happen then, where you can't just all be on, on your stars. So you have to like you know, that, not just what it, it serves now, where you're keeping your head above water, but what it could help you with down the road. What's impressed you, Chris? I mean, it's definitely the energy, like these guys are saying. They're getting points from guys that they didn't, that they didn't expect to get points from. I also thought that Jeff Carter, I thought that him stepping up, a lot of people, when, when they saw Crosby and Malcolm weren't going to play, and, they, and Jeff Carter was going to be the first-line center, and he was going to be the guy, I was like, man, he's going to be a leader. And in the early games, I thought, man, he's the key. He's the leader. He's keeping it all together. Then he wasn't out, and he scored seven goals. He was out, and he scored seven goals. It's ridiculous. But I, I, you got to credit Mike Sullivan. He's doing a great job getting these guys to compete every Every single night and making sure that they're out there and hey they're going to put goals on on the board and force the other team to have to be aggressive themselves. Jari just goes too. to show you Carter yeah. never matters. <laughs> <laughs> Jari too Albie we can't forget about Jari and the way he's played pretty well out of the gates here after all the problems he had in the playoffs last year. All right thanks if you, if you think the NFL overtime format needs this uh, some work what do you think about the college OT format Chris after the nine overtime debacle with Penn State Illinois What's the best OT format that you can come up with for college and maybe for the pros to accept? It doesn't matter, I think, on this topic, because they're going to keep the same formula. When you look at how they, how they use this two-point conversion situation, I, I don't like, I like the original idea of college football is, hey, line up at the 25, just keep going for touchdowns. I actually have, have that going. The one after one after touchdown is ridiculous. But the biggest surprise of how that game played out was Illinois pounded Penn State into submission with its run game all game long. They were lining up with seven linemen saying, hey, we're coming and running the ball. Penn State still couldn't stop it. And then they get to overtime and they throw six times in a row. I'm like, what are you doing? But Penn State still couldn't get in the end zone on their end and they still lost to Illinois. I, I like the idea of giving both offenses an, an actual chance to, to, to get points, but not this way, which just coming down to two-point conversions. That got to be way too much. All right, what do you think of uh, overtime changes? None. Ties are cool. Hashtag retro. Lame. All right, Tim gets his chance to chime in on this topic. No, they aren't. Ties stink. Look, um, I, I know what the worst format is. That's baseball putting a 
imaginary guy on second base in, in extra innings. I despise that. So yes. let's do that. When they go to the two-point rule in college football. Put a guy allow, in the end zone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> allow the offense to have a 12th guy in the field, just like baseball, <laughs> since that was such a brilliant idea. And to that point, I kind of think that was what Illinois did on the game-winning touchdown. Did that guy just start in the end zone? How open was he and for how long? I'm sitting there in the press box watching that screaming, throw, throw, end this, put, it out of, put us out of our misery for crying out loud. Dale? Yeah, he was open all day. I saw him crossing on my TV. And I'm like, there he is, throw it. But he couldn't know if you could trust the quarterback there. I would take the ball and put it back at the, at the 50 and say, okay, you got to move the ball here. Get in the, if you get in the field goal range, you get in the field goal range, especially in the NFL where you got guys knocking down 60 yarders like they're, you know, it's, it's like, like it's nothing. Um, I would put it at the 50, play it out. If it's tied after that, it's tied. I'm sorry. That, that was an abomination. Two-point conversions. Who decided they were going fin- to you know, finish this game on two-point conversions? And then they're going up and down the field, changing ends. That wasn't good TV. The, the plays themselves had everybody on the edge of their seats. But it's a two-point conversion. You've got to be able to get three yards, and Penn State couldn't. All right. Let's uh, talk about what we're going to have coming up when we come back around the horn on any topic. The final word is next. Welcome back to the award-winning and curiously edgy final word. It's time now for the final word. Everybody gets a chance. Dale Lawley's first. Oh, I get to go first. Great. You know, John Gruden uh, stepped down as Raiders coach uh, two weeks ago, and then last week did an interview with HBO uh, where he said the truth about his emails will come out. Unless that truth includes him getting hacked by Russians, what could possibly exonerate him from, from what, he, what, he, what he said in those emails? Nothing. There's nothing there that could, that could show him to be somehow not at fault here. All right. Chris, final word. I, a few weeks ago, when, when, when Pitt beat Georgia Tech, I wrote about Kenny Pickett starting his Heisman campaign. I wasn't saying that he was going to win it. wasn't saying he was definitely in there. But I was saying, hey, there's going to be some talks that starts around, around that. Now, a few weeks later, they've, Pitt has now beaten three straight ACC teams all by double digits. You look at that and you got to say, man, Kenny Pickett and him putting, his, putting these performances together, he's going to be in the conversations. Fourth in the country in touchdown passes, eighth in total yards, and they've now beaten Clemson on a national stage, and you saw him performing very well to do it. I'm not saying he definitely will be, but this is real talk of him being on the short list for Heisman candidates, not just hyperbole, not just Pitt fans saying wild things because we've heard wild things over the years, but this is real talk, and Kenny Pickett has deserved each and every second of it. Yes, sir. All right, Tim, follow word two things for the Steelers that I want to see improve coming out of the bye first and foremost on defense I don't know if they can do anything about this but they got to find an answer for missing Aluwalu and to along the defensive line that's killing the Steelers right now and that's a tough one to figure out how to fix the other one on offense should be a little bit easier and it just takes some guts I know that trying to push the ball beyond the sticks is not the best thing for this offense right now in their head because the line can't hold up the quarterback can't deliver the ball the wide receivers can't get open to the right place but they got to stop throwing the ball short of the yard to gain on third down so often at one point against Seattle they had completed four balls that were completions on third downs but short of the sticks and they didn't get the first down that's got to change coming out of the bye all right thanks everybody and our final word now from social media Case Keenan beat the Broncos on Thursday night. 
the same Case Keenum that beat the Steelers not too long ago. Nobody should take this upcoming game in Cleveland lightly. That's from Brian on Facebook. I don't know how the season will end for Pitt. Will they get a shot in the ACC title game? Will they win it? Or will they seize the opportunity to play in a real bowl game? Can they run the table? All are possibilities for many reasons, but at the top of the list is the fact that the quarterback is legit. Kenny Pickett gives Pitt a chance to achieve all of the above. But even if the Panthers fall short of all of that, all of what I mentioned, they can still do something significant. Pitt has a good chance to be ranked in the final poll by AP, and that has only happened four times in the last 37 years. I'm Albie Oxenrider. Have a good night.